you have your Bibles, you can uh, open them up to uh, Joshua chapter 4. Actually, I lied. We're going to start with the last verse in Joshua chapter 3, verse 17, and then we'll jump into chapter 4 as we look at the Israelites as they, as they cross over, cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. So in verse 17 of chapter 3, it'll be on the screen as well. It says, Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in, say this with me, help me out a little bit today, in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. And now we're in chapter 4. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men. He had chosen one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, go into the middle. You guys are getting it. You get it. You're getting it. Helping me out. Helping me preach today. Of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up one stone, carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, when we, we will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took the twelve stones from the middle, the middle of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had shown Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the twelve stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the Ark remain standing in the middle. the middle. You guys are getting it. Of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them crossed the Ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. A monumental miracle that God performed at the Jordan River where, where there was no way there was no way they were going to be able to, as a nation, cross the Jordan as it was in its flooded stage. There was no way for them to make it across. But God made a way. That is what God does. That is what He specializes. When, when it doesn't look like there's a way, when you can't see a way through, God loves that situation to step up and provide a way for Israel, for us, in our lives. And it took faith. It took faith for the nation of Israel to step over into the promised land, to step through the Jordan River to take that first step. As we looked in, in week one, the, God told Joshua, he said, be strong, be courageous. Why? Because it was going to take faith for what they were going to have to do. It, it wasn't like, hey, this is going to be an easy thing to do, so just, you know, just follow me. No, be strong, be courageous. It's going to take steps 
of faith. And as we saw last week when Pastor Jamie Duke came and spoke with us, he said, you've got to step into the unknown. It's going to take faith to, to cross over into uncertainty, to leave what you know, to leave what, what is, what is um, um, going to be stable for something that's going to be risky, uncomfortable, unknown. It's to step through. It's going to take faith. And today, they crossed over to the other side. And what I like about this is God told them to take that first step. They did it. They crossed over. And then we're all about taking next steps here at Freedom Church. Hey, we want to help you take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. And we want to do that together. And when they cross over to the other side, then the Lord speaks to them. And he says, I got your next step for you. And your next step is actually to go back to the middle. Go back to the middle and we're going to create, we're going to celebrate this moment. Now, for a, for a lot of us, sometimes the middle is not such a good thing. In, when we're flying on a plane, the middle seat, if you're on Southwest Airlines, the last one picked. You don't want to sit in the middle seat. Middle school? Anybody? Come on. We don't like the middle of a lot of things. We don't even use the middle of our hand to display how much we dislike or hate something as well. The middle is not something that we typically celebrate, but today God says we're going to celebrate what happened in the middle. We're going to celebrate the middle because that's where you had to really trust God to see you through. That's where you really had to put your faith on display to say, God, I'm trusting you in this situation. There's some things that have happened to you where you've, you've, you've been in the middle of some situations. Maybe this last year, maybe in 2018, where you're in the middle of some stuff. And, and what we're going to see today is that that's where the real miracle takes place. That's where, in the middle, is where God shows up and reveals himself. Uh, and there's some things to celebrate in the middle. To, today, the first thing we're going to look at is who. Who is in the middle? We're going to celebrate who is in the middle. It says in verse 5, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. The whole time, as they're crossing over, the ark led them, was leading them to take those first steps. But then the entire time as they're crossing over, the ark stood in the middle. Now, I don't have time to go over all the nuances of what the, the ark is. But suffice it to say, the ark represented, to the nation of Israel, represented the presence of God. It represented that God was right there and it stood right in the middle. Wasn't saying anything. Wasn't necessarily doing anything. The ark didn't actually physically do anything. It just stood there. It represented the presence of God. God was the one doing the miracle. Imagine the inten intensity of the situation that's going on. They're crossing over on dry ground. Meanwhile, I mean, if you've seen a, a raging river or a raging body of water or waves, I mean, it is intense. You don't, you're like, I, I don't want to go in into that. And that's God was doing this miracle in the middle. God was a was a unshakable presence in the middle as they were crossing over to say, you got this. I am here in the middle and you can you can make it through. I'm not gonna 
Uh, God, God meets us in the middle. I thank God for so many times in my life where he didn't wait till I got across the other side. He didn't wait for me to get cleaned up. He just met me in the middle of my junk, met me in the middle of my shame, just met me in the middle to be a, an unshakable force to say, I love you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Despite my doubts, despite my fears, despite my actions, despite my words, despite my feeling, God was there, present in the middle. You can celebrate. You can celebrate that God is in the middle. And sometimes it takes those steps of faith. To, it's not until you get into the other side of some stuff where you can look back to the middle and say, I can see where God was, was at there. And, and you may not always feel his presence. You might, you might be in the middle of something right now, and you're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand where God, where is God in this? But once you take those steps of faith across, and you're able to point back, you'll see that there was God. And in eternity, in eternity, when we cross over to eternity, because there's some things in my life right now that I still don't get. I've crossed over and I feel like I'm walking in God's promises and God's blessings, but there's still some junk in my life where I'm like, I don't, I, I don't understand all of that, but I also trust and know that when I step into eternity, I think I will see God's hand in all of that. We can celebrate that God's in the middle, but it wasn't just God that was in the middle. The priests, the leaders, the spiritual leaders who represented the presence of God to the people, they were standing right there by the ark while everybody else passed by. I thank God for the people who have been in my life that God has placed in my life in the middle of some situations in my life that have stood in the middle for me, who have represented the presence of God for me, and who have... Who have helped me through and pointed me to the other side to say, Mike, you can do this. To, to give me some encouragement, to give me maybe a little bit of a kick in the butt, to say, hey, get, get, your, get in gear here. But the people that God has placed in my life to help me in the middle of some sticky situations. It's why I, I'm so grateful for our, our small groups, our freedom groups that we have here at Freedom Church that have, that have launched, that are growing, where people can laugh together, grow in the, in the Bible together, get to know one another, cry together. That we can go through these things and stand in the middle for one another. We can pray for one another in the middle of some things in our lives. Because here's what, what I know. Loneliness is real. Depression is is real. Anxiety is real. In Los Alamos, it seems to heighten even more. Suicidal thoughts are real. When you are in the middle of some stuff and you feel all alone, it's the people that God sends into your life that strengthen you, that encourage you, that, that point you to the other way, that, that can, in a way, stand as an unshakable force to say, this is the way, this is the direction to go. So we can celebrate the middle because of who God sends in the middle. One, he's there, he's in it. 
He's in control of it all. Two, he's sending people your way. And it, it might be someone who's, who's there, like a friend or a family member who's been there. He might send someone who's just a one-time acquaintance who speaks a word that changes your life. It might be someone who doesn't say anything. It was just their presence. Presence can be so strong. I don't need you to say anything. I don't need you to do anything. But the fact that you are there in the middle is huge. The fact that you are here your presence here today is so encouraging to everyone else around us. Whether you feel like being here or, or not, I don't know, but just presence is huge. So we can celebrate. We can celebrate who is in the middle. I want to ask you a question today. Who is that? Who's, who's been that person for you? Who has been a person that has stood in the middle for you? That has encouraged you and strengthened you? One of the best things that you can do for that person, if they're still alive... It doesn't cost you anything. Maybe a postage stamp at the most is to say thank you. To tell that person thank you. When I, and be specific. When I was going through this, when I was dealing with this, and you, were, you said this to me, it helped me so much. Helped me cross over to the other side. I'm going to point back. I'm going to point back to what you did. You just tell that person thank you. Not only do we celebrate who's in the middle, but we're going to celebrate what is in the middle. Okay? They cross over to the other side. We want to celebrate, we, you know, the Jordan's right on the horizon. They're in the plains of Jericho. It says they had 40,000 men that they're ready for battle. And then they get their next step. You're thinking, all right, we crossed over, let's go. And the next step is go back. You got, you got something in the middle for you. This is how good God is. This is how awesome God is. He says, you're not going to cross over without carrying something with you to remember what just happened. I, I love, as a kid, going to uh, sporting events. My parents, who are, who are here today, they, I, they took me to Cardinal baseball games. We went to football games, hockey games. And it was so fun to go to those games and experience a professional sporting event. But what was really cool was when we left was getting a souvenir to take home with you. Hey, not only did I get the game, but I got this souvenir. And I'm going to hang it up on my wall, or I'm going to display it, because I, I got to bring that home. And this is what God does. That there's a souvenir waiting for you back in the middle. There are some things that, that we need to carry out. There's a, we looked at the paralytic in Mark chapter 2 a couple weeks ago. Where, where that paralytic was healed by Jesus, he got saved. Four of his friends carried that man on a mat and brought him to Jesus. But do you know what Jesus told that man? They brought him in on the mat. They lowered him down on the mat. He got healed on the mat. But Jesus says, told that man, get up, take your mat, and go. And the man stood up, picked up his mat, and he walked right out of the crowd carrying his mat. The thing that held him, the thing that, that got him to go from uh, point A to point B that used to hold him, he was now, once he was healed, he was going to carry it. It was not going to carry him anymore. And so he says, go back to the middle because there's something that you need to carry out. 
That area in the Jordan that should have swallowed you up, that area in the Jordan where you should not have made it through, that area where, where Satan wanted you to sink to rock bottom, you're now going to dig something up. You're, you, you stepped on that thing. You crossed over that thing. Now you're going to dig it back up and carry it out because you got a souvenir to take with you to remember what God did in the middle. That's how good God is for us in the middle. You're, you might have gone through some stuff. You might have gone through some, some junk in this last year. But with God, with God, he'll look at that stuff and say, hey, we made it through to the other side, and guess what? You're going to take something with you. You're going to take something with you. Here's the picture. Here's the picture of, of this. They cross over to the other side, and our faith, our faith looks forward. Ahead of them was Jericho. They're in the plains of Jericho. Beyond Jericho is more of the promised land to be conquered. And so our faith looks forward, and he says, you're going to point back to what God did, the power that God displayed, His faithfulness that He displayed back in the middle. We look forward and we also point back to what God did. But for a lot of us, don't miss this, don't miss this, we get it mixed up in our lives. We're pointing forward, but we're looking back at everything we went through in the middle. Some of you, you, you might have we got stones underneath our, our chairs today. You might have a stone. And you're pointing forward, but you're looking back at the stone. Saying, I had this period in my life where there was, I was doing a lot of fun things, but in a lot of those fun things, there was, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of regret. Addictions, porn, hurting people, bad decisions. And, and I'm looking back. I want, to, I want to take steps forward, but I'm looking back, and I, I call this stone I'm carrying around is regret. And all I can focus in on is that's what I see when I see this stone. But the goodness of God, when we look forward, when we point back and we make it to the other side, God looks at it and says, yeah, I know there's regret there. There's things that you're ashamed of, but I, I bought that. I paid for that already. You don't, you don't have to look back at that anymore. It's there. It's part of your history. But this rock I'm calling... I'm, call, I'm calling this rock nothing satisfies. You went through all that stuff and you, you read it, but now you can see none of that stuff satisfied. It was, it was fun to give in to the anger. It was fun to, to have those outbursts and, and give in to the bitterness. But you realize that that actually didn't do anything to help. It, it actually hurt things even more. Nothing satisfies. We, can, we, can, we might be looking at something that, that uh, we see our marriage. We're pointing forward to where we want our marriage to be better or we want to cross over to the other side, but we're looking and it's like it's just fight. It's conflict. The intimacy is not there anymore. It's all about the kids and their schedule and, and, and what I thought marriage was going to be is nowhere where I want it to be. And I, I just, I'm so ashamed of not being the spouse that I want to be. And we look at this and, and Jesus is saying, i got a different name for that rock. It's not marriage sucks. It's communication development. I'm teaching you how to communicate. Or if you were here a few weeks ago, I'm calling it Olympic training. Because intimacy that you learned from the world is so jacked up and so far from reality. 
that God is so good. He says, when we bring it through to the other side, these things, whatever you meant for evil, God intended for good. And for a lot of us, we're sitting in life where we just look back. We look back and regret And God wants us to march forward because there's more to take on. I wonder what you are memorializing in your life today. Are you, are you memorializing your misery and living more in that? Or are you memorializing more the miracle and pointing back to the faithfulness of God? Because Jericho's on the horizon. And when I take a step forward and I look forward into Jericho, I'm going to point back to what God did there. And when I take a step forward to the, to the promised land beyond there, I'm going to point back to where God was faithful then. He was faithful then and he's faithful now. And when I take my next step, I'm going to see that he was faithful then and he was faithful now. Your, your 2019 version of you, 2019, you, you might want to get a pep talk from them. You might want to get a pep talk from 2019 to 2018 you that says, hey, take your next step. You're going to like it. I know it's going to be hard. I know you're going through some stuff. But if God's working on you, you need, to, you need to take that next step because there's blessing and perspective and, and wisdom and joy and peace and comfort on the other side of you taking those next steps. Some of you need to take those next steps so you can point back to the devil who's all over you and attacking you right now. And you say, get off me, Satan, because God was faithful then and he's faithful now. I can take these stones, whatever you meant them to be for harm, and I know that God's going to use them for good. And it's, the, it's that type of faith that only makes sense on the other side, once you've crossed over to see this is what God's working. I'm telling you, God's in the middle right now, whatever you're going through. God is in the middle of it, and he's helping you cross over to the other side, and eventually you're going to take some stuff. You're going to take some souvenirs with you. You can celebrate who's in the middle, but you can also celebrate what's in the middle. And even more importantly, why are we doing this in the first place? Because your steps of faith are bigger, bigger than just you crossing over to the other side. In verse 6 it says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. And here it is, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across, and these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. It says, what do these stones mean? And actually that phrase, really what it, it kind of means, a better translation is, what do these stones mean to you? It is about you and your personal relationship with God. They all crossed over, but in the future, your children are asked, what do these stones mean to you? What do these stones mean to you today? Because the steps of faith that you take today, the steps of faith that you take in your life, where you stood out, where you, were, where you took a stand, where you were courageous, one day your kid your boy, your daughter, will get a taste. Will get a taste of who God is because you had the courage to take your steps and cross over. Now, it is their faith. They have to answer to God personally. But they get a taste of who God is through the steps of faith. They're watching. 
They may not ask you the specific question, what do these stones mean to you? But I guarantee you, they're watching and they're asking, is this faith real? Is this Jesus real? Is this God real? And they can see. They're not dumb. They can see whether or not it's real in your life or not. The point is, our faith, our faith makes a way for God to bless us. They took those steps of faith. God blessed, but he does it so we can bless others. Our, our faith makes a way for God to bless us so that we can bless others. Let me ask you this. When a baby comes into the home, when a baby comes into the home, who gives up their rights? No question, the parents do. You give up your rights to sleep. You give up your rights to sanity. You give up your rights to cleanliness in your car when there's teenagers. Uh, you give up your rights sometimes to food. You're like, hey, where did the food go here? Your teenager ate it all. When a, when a baby comes in to the home, the, the parents, it's their responsibility to take care of the kids. It's the adults. It is our responsibility to take care of the next generation. One of the greatest potential ministries at Freedom Church is not in this room. It's right next door. The greatest potential, not the greatest ministry, but the greatest potential for any ministry in this church is with the next generation. And I say that because just like in finances, the best investments in finances are what? Short-term investments or long-term investments? It is the long-term investments. And I want us, just to give you a little bit of picture of Freedom Church and where I want us to go, I want us to be able to invest in, in children and youth from, from birth, from zero to age 18 and beyond, where we are building a strong foundation and we are pointing back to the faithfulness of God for all ages, infants, toddlers, preschool, elementary. Right now we just have zero to seven and we're knocking that out of the park. I'm so thankful for our volunteers who are doing that. But I eventually, I want, I want staff not to do the stuff, but to be able to direct our ministries, work with families and, and guide and direct those things. But if you look at any thriving church that is reaching the next generation, any church that is growing and reaching families, reaching kids and really living this out and, and taking that responsibility, it is churches where the volunteers get it. The volunteers, they are in there and they get it. And, I, and, and you might be saying, I, I can't work with kids. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just not my area. I get it. We don't want angry youth worker in there working with the kids and sit down, shut up. You know, that, that's not good. That's not good. We don't want that person. But even if you're not, if that's not you and that's not your gift, we all still get it. That, that, that ministry in there has the greatest potential for, for long-term gains of anywhere. They're going to be running this thing in the future. We are all going to invest in them financially. You can't say that you care about the next generation and not fund them. We will invest in them financially. We will invest in them with our time. We will invest in them with our energy. If you want to sign up to work with children, you're not in there yet, and you want to sign up to work, go to our website, click on My Next Step. It'll take you 30 seconds. You can do it right now. You can sign up. I'm thankful for our volunteers right now 
we're taking care of our kids. We got like an eight-week rotation on there, and you guys are knocking it out of the park. And I, and I know this church is getting a solid foundation where we get it. But I want you to understand my vision, my vision for our children is, is huge. It's not happening all right now, but we will slowly build the pieces to where we're invested in, in 07, middle school, high school, college. And we take responsibility for the next generation because they're asking, is this real? Is this real? And they're watching. I love, I love 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Anytime I talk about kids. Paul mentions in that section, he says, hey, when I was with the Jews, I kind of acted like one of the Jews who were under the law in order to win some of the Jews to Christ. When I was with the Greeks who weren't under all the Jewish law, I kind of acted like, like the Gentiles. When I was with the Gentiles, in order to, to win some of the Gentiles to Christ. And he says in verse 21, he says, or 22, he says, When I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weaknesses. And I think if he said, hey, if I was, when I was with the kids, I acted like a kid. I related to the kids. We want environments that are clean, that are safe, that are fun for our kids. And some people have, might ask, like, okay, clean, safe, fun, where's Jesus? But I think in Paul's words, when, I, when, when you relate to the kids, that is Jesus. He says, he says, when I'm with the weak, I share in their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. Finding common ground with everyone in order to save some. Our kids right now, they care more about relationship than they do theology. We as adults were like, well, where is the theology? I trust that we're teaching them the Bible over there and that we're teaching them good theology. But my two-year-old, when he goes to preschool, he doesn't tell us a thing about what he learned. But he, he knows all of his teachers' names. He knows all of his friends' names. When he goes there, that's who he's looking forward to see. When he, when he leaves, that's what he's talking about. It's people, it's relationships. So we need to get that as a church, that these young men and women, we build a right environment where they're, it's clean, safe, fun. They're building relationships. Oh, they're going to learn. That's finding common ground with them. And they're going to, they're going to learn. They're going to hear about Jesus. We may, we may plant a seed. Someone else may water it. God will make it grow. I just I trust that God's going to do some great things through our kids. You're like, where's Jesus in this? That is what Jesus did. God became man. He became one of us. He found common ground with us to show us how much God loved you and I. So this isn't a, it is a consumer mentality. If you're concerned about it beginning with consumer mentality, it is. Because that's what God did to us. He came and became one of us. So we could get it. So we could believe it and live it out. I love our kids. They're asking the question, what do these stones mean to you? And I want to give them steps of faith to memorialize God's miracles in my life. And the last verse in, in Joshua chapter 4 says this. It says, that it kind of repeats itself. And again, these kids, like kids are going to ask you, what do these stones mean? And it says in verse 24, it's, we'll, we'll tell them what it did. But it says, he, God, did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful so you might fear the Lord your God forever. It's not just about your kids. Your steps of faith are for the whole world to know who God is. 
Jesus wants to be known in Los Alamos. Jesus wants to be known in your workplace. Jesus wants to be known in your home. And it's these stones, these, these, these areas in your life where God has come through that you point back to that, that you say, this is who God is in my life. And this is exactly, standing in the middle is what Jesus did for you and I. On one side, there's us, humanity, and we had sin in our lives. And that sin created a huge gap in the middle to where God said, I can't have anything to do with that until, until Jesus stood in the middle for you and I and made a way when there was no way to make it across. Jesus made a way for you and I. We celebrate the middle because it really had nothing to do with us. And it had everything to do with what God did in the middle. And because of that, I can have faith to cross over and make it to the other side. I want to, I want to ask you today, what are you looking for in your future and pointing back to? Because whatever you're believing, believing for and looking forward to in, in faith, one day that will be the thing that you are pointing back to where God was faithful, where God gave you courage, where God gave you strength that you didn't have before. What are you looking forward to? Because that's the story you're going to tell your kids one day. We need to get our eyes off the past and start looking forward in faith. We'll point back to God's faithfulness. He's there. He's got it already taken care of. He said, hey, I've given you the promised land. They hadn't taken it yet. It wasn't theirs yet. They still had to go take it. But God speaks and passes. I've given it to you. It's there. You can take steps of faith today. Whatever God's calling you to do in your next steps, you can take those steps. You can celebrate. Celebrate the middle today. 